I don't know who uh, came up with it, but uh, there is the old saying that there are two inevitable things in life, death and taxes. Well, I'm going to add a third, and that is conflict. I don't know if you have been in a conflict recently. I certainly have. But conflict comes, and it's solely because we are wonderful human beings and we are flawed. We're talking today in the next three weeks on this whole area of conflict, but more importantly, conflict resolution. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years, and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Good afternoon, Eric. How are you? Man, uh, once again, I am fired up. We're back. I don't even, I've lost count at this point. I think this has got to be our seventh podcast. All right. Are you enjoying doing this? Oh, more than you can imagine. Um, I don't know if, uh, well, no, you're aware. Um, I have a treatment center called Liftoff, and uh, I get to meet with these clients. And really, this podcast, again, came out of that. And uh, and so to meet with the clients and then come here and record this podcast, the reason I'm fired up is we had such an amazing discussion about conflict. Cool. So you're, the way your schedule lines up, you just you go to Liftoff the same day you come over here and we record. That's it. That's so cool. It really is, because then it's fresh in my mind, and I've kind of sifted through the ideas and the things that I'm trying to communicate. And this topic, I don't care who you are, this is a topic that all of us should be interested in because we all get into conflict. And so the people that you meet with at Liftoff... They actually contribute to your thinking here. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they, it, it helps you to understand, does this resonate? And I knew it would. It would be like doing a, a session on forgiveness. Well, who doesn't either need forgiveness or needs to forgive somebody? Because we're constantly in conflict. And so there's certain topics that you know resonate with people. And this one in particular, absolutely, because conflict is inevitable but here's what defines you, your ability to resolve conflict, to step into it. Most people, Michael, and think about your friends or family, most people would say they're conflict averse. In other words, they don't want to get into conflict. Absolutely. So you said we're going to do a three-week dive into this uh, subject of conflict. What, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today is, is really laying the foundation. And then what we want to do then is do three weeks in how you can resolve any conflict. I've been uh, a peacemaker for decades. Um, it really came out of my own life experience. In our family, conflict was uh, something that was inevitable. There was a lot of alcoholism. There was a lot of uh, anger um, and abuse. And so um, the, the tough part is I never learned how to resolve conflict. So when I became an adult, I had become a Christian. Nobody ever sat me down and said, hey, by the way, you're going to need this skill. 
And so when somebody would yell or somebody would get into a fight, like whether at church or, you know, in the neighborhood or whatever, I cowered like a little boy because I I, I felt little because in our family, when people yelled, people got hurt. Hmm. And so I became very conflict averse. But I realized as a pastor, I had to be able to step in and not step back. I needed to find my voice. And so I started reading everything I could on the whole idea of peacemaking. In fact, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans 12, 18. It says this, If at all possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. God never intended us to ever live in perpetual conflict with another. He wants us to reconcile it. He wants us to work through it. And so I had to find my voice when it came to conflict. Interesting. Yeah. So when I hear you talk about that and you you talk about yourself maybe avoiding conflict and then there's making peace, it's that's a tension of managing whether holding your tongue or walking away from a situation or stepping into a situation. Is that? Oh, okay. You're, you're, you, you, you saw a side of the verse that most people don't think about. It says, if at all possible. See, again, what I want to do is step in, but I got to have the other person that's willing to step in. So what we're going to be doing in the next three weeks is, is literally helping the person you're in conflict with step up as well. You see, when people feel safe, when they feel like, hey, this could work, or you're going to actually listen to me, uh, you're not coming with an agenda, you're as interested as I am in resolving the conflict, I find that people are willing to talk. And, but most people have had really negative experiences in conflict. So it, when they look at the cost-benefit analysis, they look like, hey, this costs too much. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. So, so I think you hit a very important caveat when it comes to resolving conflict. It takes two. Just like it took two to get in the conflict, it takes two to resolve the conflict. So a... I, I'm trying to put myself in these situations, right? While, we, while we're talking about this, I'm kind of thinking it through in my head. And it seems to me like it's got to start with me. I got to look inward first, right? It, absolutely. Now, I would call that foundational. Okay. okay? So I'm, I'm going to lay the foundation here because that's what we're doing today. Lay the foundation. Perfect. Then the next three weeks will be practical tools, handles from which you can resolve any conflict. So, you know, you know the story of the prodigal son, right? Enlightenness. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so brilliant. <laughs> but, it, you know, we. it's funny how even non-believers, people that don't read the Bible, know the concept of the prodigal son. Well, you know, here's this father has two sons, and one of them uh, is just rebellious, and he's lives with entitlement. That would never happen in the OC, but, you know, uh, yeah. or Orange County. Never. No. <laughs> and so, anyway, so this one son comes up to his dad one day and says, hey, I want my inheritance. I don't want to wait till you die. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. Give it to me. And the dad goes ahead and gives him his inheritance. The other son is content and appreciative of all that his family has provided him and stays at home. The prodigal goes running off, and you know the story. He ends up just squandering everything. And the next scene you get in the Bible is he is literally cleaning up slop from the pigs, and he's eating what the pigs are eating. And the Bible, it's only used this one time. It says he came to his senses. In other words, he goes, what in the world have I done? 
In other words, I'm at odds with my father. Yeah. And he leaves the, the, the work he was doing on this farm and, and feeding the pigs, and he heads back home, but his head is bowed. He is contrite. He realizes he is wrong. And he's going up the road to his son or to his father, and his father spots him and comes running towards him. And this is such a powerful voice and a powerful story to the Jews in that day. Because they were still living with an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And certainly the dad, if he was just human, he would be ticked at his son. And he would yell, and, and what are you doing here? But this father came running at his son and just embraced him. And ends up throwing a party to which the other son who was obedient, the good son, goes, how come he gets a party? And he says, because the lost son has been found. And so what you see in the, you know, because obviously the father in this story is speaking of the heavenly father. It's this beautiful story and we're the prodigal. So God shows us foundationally the unbelievable example of grace and mercy and self-control and true love, unconditional love. And so he came at the son. He wanted to, to, to uh, bridge the gap between him and his son. And he would do anything to do that. So, so I looked in my life at how God reached out to me and forgave this drug addict, drug dealer, this liar, this thief, you know, the, this swindler, this, this womanizer. And God came at me to resolve the conflict. And so he literally, conflict resolution is simply my seeing my part what can I do to resolve this gap between you and me, this, 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 this enmity? And, and so that's what conflict resolution is about. That is interesting. So when I've heard that story, I never would have thought about it as a conflict resolution story. I, can't, yeah. I mean, because the conflict in my mind, I instantly go to the two brothers. They have a conflict, right? I didn't really look at it from the father-son perspective. I don't know. Maybe that's just my small-mindedness. But Well... Here, here, the son, the prodigal, goes running off with his inheritance, spoiled, squanders it, yeah. you know, and and so he 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 literally um, kind of spit at the family values. Yeah, he disregarded his father and his brother. You know, he he's a spoiled little brat. So yeah, it's a conflict. Yeah, both for the dad and certainly for the brother. Yeah. Now we don't. The focus was on the father to show us the heart of our heavenly father, and uh, but what I love is is that God sets the example for conflict resolution. I mean, He did everything for us to have a relationship with Him. The only thing that separates us between God and ourselves is our own brokenness and sin. And he says, and I'm going to resolve it for you. I'm going to send my son to pay your price for, for your sin so that you don't have to. And that way, there's, there doesn't have to be a gap between you and me. Once forgiveness is established, now we have this access to God with boldness and, and, and love and grace. And so God does everything to resolve the enmity, the conflict between us and him. He didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. It's like he chooses to just see past our, our flaws. That's it. That's it. Because he wants relationship. See, and, and, and as human beings, it's very easy. And I, I look at it all the time, how disposable our relationships are. And, and out of our 
unwillingness, the lack of courage and boldness to resolve the conflict, we will stay in resentful relationships and we will we will be bitter. Now, I, I want to I want to share a little caveat. There are people you're never going to resolve conflict with. There are sociopaths. There are people that are mentally ill. And, and so I'm not saying that you can resolve conflict with everyone because it does take two people. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of people that we're in conflict with, we can resolve conflict. But we we have to be willing to be courageous. Like in 2 Timothy 1.7, the Apostle Paul is, is mentoring this, this young protege, Timothy. And he says, God did not give you the spirit of, of timidity, mm -hmm. but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I don't go on my own to resolve conflict. I realize that I've got God with me, the Holy Spirit, and I can go with power, love, and a sound mind, and I can resolve any conflict. And by the way, I, I do a lot of marriage work and, and individual work, and there's never been something somebody's put in front of me that I couldn't help them resolve. Hmm. That's how the, the, this system that I, that I use it just works because it's biblical. Well, those three tools, they, yes. there's a, it's a great way to calibrate ourselves, right? It's At least it, what I'm hearing from you is if I check myself and I look at, okay, my my power, where, where am I getting that from? My authority is from my faith in Christ and understanding where I might position myself in, in the world. Love is going to, you know, put me in the right position approaching another person and then the third one, a sound mind. A sound mind. So am I being reasonable? Yeah. And am I being wise? Anyway. Go back to the love thing. See, the vast majority of people that get in conflict and, and are conflict averse or don't resolve it, who's their focus on? Themselves. Mm -hmm. But see, if I love somebody, I love them too much to stay timid. I love them too much to hold back. And and I don't want our relationship to get to a point of bitterness and resentment. Yeah, I'm willing to I'm willing to walk the extra mile. I'm willing to take that extra step, whatever it is, because I love that person. That's it. And and you know the Bible has a lot to say about this area of conflict. And and you know like um, in terms of of you know how or when we should do it. Um, you know like in Ephesians uh, four and and verse twenty seven it says, "Don't let the sun go down on your anger." Sometimes we get angry. We get in conflict. And he says, and do not give the enemy an opportunity. And, and that word opportunity is the Greek, Greek word topos, where I give the enemy ground to just further the divide. Because the longer I stay in conflict with somebody, the more apt I am to get into bitterness, ultimately resentful, and then I retaliate. And I see this played out all the time. And I got to admit, in my own life, I know how easy it is to feel like something was somebody was unfair with me or somebody somebody wasn't good to me or they they dismissed me or whatever and I might get upset and it's so easy to just go ah forget it. Mm -hmm. No, you don't forget it. <laughs> so many times you can bring up something that happened seven years ago and it's like it happened yesterday you if know, you it builds on it uh, it becomes a pattern or whatever right that's it yeah so we got to deal with it that's a that's a great reminder because sometimes it feels i mean for me correct me if i'm wrong but it feels like the right thing to do to just let things go sometimes but I, just acknowledging mm -hmm. it maybe can be really a powerful way just to say you know what that did upset me but it's okay 
And then well, you can move on, right? And there's kind of a test you could have. Okay. Like say you had an uncomfortable conversation with a friend. One of the things that I have done in my life is to sometimes ask a person, hey, has there been anything I've done recently that's frustrated you? Because I would never want to frustrate you. You're my friend or you're my daughter. You're my son. You're my wife. I don't want to ever do something that frustrates you or or angers you. That's called being taking the initiative. Mm -hmm. Because if they said, you know, there is something, whoa, now we're in a good place. But I, I want to talk, uh, Michael, right now about two foundational things in getting ready for these next three weeks okay. as, as we step into conflict. Okay, the first thing is most people don't want to step into conflict because it's never safe. In other words, the risk. They, they've paid the price of, of being humiliated, condescending, manipulated, you know, or it got to anger, it got to name calling. A lot of people have had really horrible experiences in conflict trying to resolve it. So they go, no, not interested. Okay. So what I, we're going to share over the next few weeks is this concept of a safe environment. And it, when a person feels safe, they could talk about most anything. It's like a it's like a really good friend that doesn't judge you and just like lets you be the authentic you. Those are people you can sit on a porch or sit in the backyard and just, you know, enjoy a great conversation because you know you're safe. Mm -hmm. So so in a marriage, especially, couples don't get into conflict resolution because either the wife or the husband doesn't feel it's a safe environment. They feel manipulated. They feel the conversation goes too long. It gets into ancillary issues. It opens a can of worms. Oh, Lordy. Right. <laughs> and here's the big can of worms. It's when we attack the person and not the problem. Mm. Stop right there. There you go. We go after the person, not the problem. It's a character assassination. Like, I knew we shouldn't talk about this. You're just stupid. Or, you know what? You can't handle, right. you know. You always. Yeah. Or you oh. never, right? Yeah. So, Generalizations. So we're going to talk over the next three weeks how to create that safe environment. That was my we're, next question. How do we get there? We're going to do it. <laughs> you're going to need to listen next week. Okay. But 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 safe environment is, is critical. Second thing is, is that... When you're in conflict resolution, it's an invitation. So if, if I said, hey, Michael, I need to talk to you about something. It, it, it really bothered me, you know, at, uh, when we were, when I was at your house. And it's something I, I just need to, you know, clear up with you. And you go, well, sure. And, and I go, well, when are you available? Man, this week I'm really jammed. Uh, won't be able to do it this week. What about the weekend? Oh, you know, we're going out, uh, you know, to the, to the lake this weekend. What about the next week? I don't think that's going to work either. If I keep trying to get together with you and you keep pushing me back, eh. But if somebody kind of brings out their iPhone and sets the appointment, here's what I know. They're now taking seriously what is important to me. See, in a marriage, uh, I've seen this dance where maybe the wife goes, uh, hey, babe, we need, there's something I need to talk to you about. And the husband's going, oh, no, I'm in trouble Rolling again. Rolling his eyes. Rolling his eyes, going, oh, yeah. And so he goes, and she goes, can we talk tonight? I can't do I'm exhausted. And he keeps putting it off because he's conflict averse. Two foundational things in conflict. Number one, safe environment. Number two is that, is that you actually schedule it. I mean, have you ever had somebody say, hey, let's get together for lunch, and they don't bring out their, their calendar or their phone? Yeah. What do you, what I'm do you think? I'm guilty thinking? of that. 
are you? <laughs> so, so do you need to confess some sin here, Michael? Uh, yeah, I do. I you know, think I we've, always do. we've all done it. Oh, yeah, let's get together. And in your head, you go, not a chance. <laughs> I think, when am I going to do that? <laughs> okay, but when there's conflict, when, when somebody important to you says, hey, can we get together? You want to say, absolutely, because in giving them an appointment, you're giving them a valuable thing called your time. And you're saying to them, our relationship is too important to let this go. Yeah. So those two foundational issues are critical. And so we're going to look, you know, because our, our podcast is called Relationships by the Book. Another way we could put it over the next three weeks, it's going to be conflict resolution by the book. Cool. Because ultimately, God wants us to be peacemakers. God wants us, and by the way, not peace at all cost. This is not where you set aside your convictions, your values, the things that are important. This is about dealing with somebody you're at odds with. And, uh, and so God's word has a lot to help us with. And uh, I really think this is going to be one of the most valuable podcasts we do. Because I don't know the person out there who says to me, oh, I'm an expert in conflict resolution. I'm at peace with everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't know that person <clears throat> other than your wife, Crystal. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, you're biased. She's your daughter. Uh, yeah, she is. But, well, but so am I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, and by the way, you guys model a very healthy <clears throat> interaction. It's not like you all, you agree on everything. There's conflicts you have, but the way you resolve the conflicts are so beautiful. And we hide it well. Oh, good. <laughs> no, that's the sarcasm. Thank you for saying that. We, I would say our marriage is the most successful thing in my life. I, yeah. It's so fun because we don't really try that hard. It just sort of happened for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're in a couple's Bible study and a men's Bible study. It comes up all the time. Oh, you know, how do you and your wife handle this or that? And we're kids. We're, it's just this really cool gift that God's given us. Mm. And, um, you know, hopefully it continues. We're hitting our 10 year anniversary this year. So we're starting to get a stride there, but, uh, thank you for the compliment. We, we really enjoy our marriage and we, we invest a ton of time in each other. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, our giving of our time. You know, Crystal is my top priority. There it is. And wouldn't it be great if we had that priority with every important relationship? Yeah. You know, why are there church schisms? Why do people live with anger and bitterness? They just don't have the tools. And one of the things I love is to sit down and be a mediator is help two people hear each other. I just had that happen last week and just to step in and to make sure that they heard each other. And 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 like when two people hear the other and show any level of empathy, I had no idea. I didn't know you felt that way. All of a sudden you watch their body uh, language. Language. Yeah. They move at each other. They lean toward each other. Because when, again, there's safety, when when they're taken seriously, when they have an opportunity to be heard, because we all want to be heard. And then there's the opportunity for resolution. Because you got two people that are both interested in resolving it for each other. And, and what do you do when, when only one person is willing to lean into it and the other person's not interested? Well, again, and that's why that, that verse, Romans 12, 18, if at all possible, sometimes it's not. But that's when forgiveness at a distance, like I have people that don't like me. I have people that I've hurt because I'm, I, I'm a counselor and I speak the truth. And sometimes people can't handle the truth. 
you know, uh, from that movie, The Officer and the Gentleman. You can't handle the truth, you know. But in all seriousness, um, I don't, I don't, when I try to help reconcile or resolve, I don't go into it naively or idealistically. I realize it can go horribly south. And, you know, like, there's a, there's a verse that oftentimes is misquoted where Jesus said, where two or three are g- gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Mm-hmm. That verse is about conflict. It's about sin, about brokenness, uh, about hurt. And literally, Jesus says, I promise if you will get together to try to resolve this conflict, this sin, I'm going to be right there because it can go horribly wrong. And I will honestly tell you, Michael, it's gone horribly wrong with me at times. Uh, I, I've had situations where I've had death threats, where uh, people have said they hated me, and and I never went into it with any animosity or any desire to separate. But sometimes people have deep issues, and so I'm not responsible for how they react. I'm responsible to, if at all possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace. I am responsible to step in. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot to process. I can, I just, you know, it's so interesting to me that you can handle those situations. That would drive me crazy to know that someone's angry at me. Like, when someone's angry at me, I become, I, I don't know, I, I'm anxious, I'm uncomfortable, I have to resolve it. And I don't know if that's just how I'm wired, but mm-hmm. I guess that that's got to be a strength that you've developed to, to be able to allow that. Yeah. Well, it um, it gets a little emo- more emotional. Is it? It's what's God God's called me into. Mm. Is that um, the things He's taken me through in my family and in being a pastor for forty eight years? Is it? I believe He's He He has wired me for it. You know, <laughs> God has prepared me today. What He prepared or He prepared me yesterday for what He wants me to do today. Yeah. I wasn't nearly as good at it 30 years ago, but it's it's doing it again and again. And I always think the higher calling, and it's not about me. If I go into it, whether I'm mediating or I am trying to resolve the conflict with me and somebody else, I the higher value is is the love and 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 to resolve the conflict. So whatever results out of that, it is what it is. So I don't make it about me. I make it about the relationship. I make it about the calling. That's a great tool right yeah. there. It's not about and to remind ourselves that. Cause, so maybe you can help us with this or me. Um, you know, sometimes we get in conflict and we get stirred up, right? Emotions yeah. kick in. It's hard to stop and think about what we're doing. It's hard to see past the triggers that are getting us, you know, hyped up or whatever. You know, how can we remember to stop, think about, you know, these three tools, love, reasonableness what power love and and, and a sound, sound mind, mind. you yeah. know it's like those are great tools but it's so easy to just skip past the, the stopping and thinking right yeah but it's 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 the habits so practice it takes you while a while to create healthy habits you can always default back to old bad behaviors but you pay a price so the more you've paid the price and i have the more you have this passion to stay at the healthy habits mm. That's why I don't just 
um, move at conflict when I feel a distance. I even try to prepare or prevent it by asking people, hey, I want you to know if I ever hurt you, please say something. Or, hey, you have permission to speak to me anytime. I'm a wonderfully flawed. And so it's, imagine if everybody in a working environment said, hey, I'm open to any of your guys' criticism. Because even in a work environment, people are not honest. Yeah. You really are proactive with that. You know, that's yeah. interesting now that you're talking about it. I can think about, you know, going on vacation with you and Debbie or just doing whatever together. And, you know, maybe you woke up earlier than any of us. And the first thing out of your mouth in the morning is, oh, I'm sorry, did I wake you? Yeah. You know, you're, you're always, I feel like you're very proactive with that. It's really mm -hmm. cool how you've modeled it. And so... It's like what I'm seeing, and maybe you can speak into this or correct me if I'm wrong, but you practice it in the little things, yeah. and then it's easier in the really big situations. That is. And you do not know what, how affirming that is from a son-in-law that I've been with for 13 years. You know me, and and I, I, I want and always will be honest with you because you see me. And so... That's why these next three weeks, I'm excited because it's just something I've learned over decades. And again, no arrogance in it. It's God's principles, not mine. I don't take ownership. Mm -hmm. So, Michael, this is going to be quite a journey. Yes, and, uh, it is. It'll be like a like a roller coaster. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, when you think about conflict, because we're gonna, I'm going to ask our listeners to think about conflicts they have and actually think through the steps literally envision themselves resolving the conflict with somebody. Yeah, I can imagine uh, everyone has those people in their lives that are so important that the weight of a critical situation that where you have to resolve a conflict can have so much weight to it. Yeah. And going there, each of us individually, you know, this might be painful, it might be exciting. There's a lot to, like you said, a roller coaster it truly is. You know, I can think of certain people that I really love and that I've hurt or they've hurt me. And, you know, it's usually the people that I'm, I allow to be closest to me in my life. And yeah. so you I'm know, looking forward to learning more about this. But I just thought about a metaphor for it. Okay. I remember the first time I was going to go snowboarding because my kids refused to let me go skiing when they're going <laughs> snowboarding. And I said, hey, I'll go snowboarding, but I'm going to get a lesson. I'm going to get a coach. So for an hour, I went with this guy, and he was awesome. And, and I remember him saying, now, I'm going to teach you how to stop. Because if you know how to stop, you can go down anything. And, uh, and, and then he, he talked about my balance point. There were, there, he gave me a few handles, a few skills. And he says, now go do it. And oh, my goodness, I had the best day. And, and, and snowboarding, I no longer feared it. I, I, I glided down the mountain. And I've never gotten hurt, never separated a shoulder. Now I ski or snowboard within my meat, you know, within my capacity. <laughs> You're not going off the big kickers at Mammoth. He gave me some skills. <laughs> there you go. And it allowed me to enjoy the sport. That's what I want to do in the next three weeks. A few skills that will help you enjoy relationship and resolving conflict. Wonderful. I'm so excited about this. Just before we leave, uh, remind us that verse that was, I think it was 1 Timothy? It's 2 Timothy chapter Second. 1, verse 7. God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Very cool. We'll end with that. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs>